So Jesus knew when to feed the mob, stir up the mob, leave the mob, and stay silent before the mob. And my prayer is, and hopefully with this podcast, you guys will be praying through like, Lord, when do I keep my mouth shut? I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about silence, when to stay silent, and the wisdom that God's Word gives us of when to keep our mouths shut. So stay tuned. I am yours, send me, Lord, send me, Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening and hope that these podcasts are a blessing to you. This podcast is going to cover maybe something we've never covered before Mm -hmm. and something that we typically discourage people from. That's right. It's kind of unusual, isn't it? It is. Because primarily, we're pushing Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. Right. Open your mouth for the speechless. Open your mouth, guys. We've got to open our mouth and speak on behalf of those that can't speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. But this podcast is going to be talking about silence. Mm -hmm. So for our silence podcast, Mm -hmm. let's have a moment of silence. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's very hard to do. <laughs> that's really And tough. you know what? Being silent in some for some people like for me is actually harder. Yeah. than speaking and I and so this this is a good podcast for me because there are times when we really need to be silent and we're not. Yeah. And that can be destructive. Yeah, it can be destructive. It can be destructive to what our goal is. If our goal is to bring the gospel and change hearts and minds about abortion, it can be mm-hmm. destructive to that end, mm-hmm. believe it or not. But yeah. also it can be destructive for you. Like if you don't know when to keep your mouth shut, mm-hmm. then it could, it could cause you some, <laughs> even potentially physical injury. Well, see, <laughs> now that's the interesting thing is is this, this whole podcast kind of developed because I have vocal cord strain. And I've had it for a long time, and it's slowly, slowly getting better, but very slowly. And I have been forced to be silent, and I've had to be very careful when I speak, who I speak to. I have to really be kind of stingy with my words, and that is a brand new experience to me. Whether God brought this on or not, who knows? I'll find out when I get to heaven. But it has been a valuable experience in yeah, some ways. The Lord can certainly teach mm-hmm. you some stuff through yeah. the trials and tribulations of life. Yeah. And you've learned, I've learned, mm-hmm. actually, probably a few times from almost getting my lights punched out. Right. <laughs> to keep my mouth <laughs> shut. You know, there are some practical principles mm-hmm. that have to do in sidewalk counseling Yeah. that, uh, um, that we can apply that God's Word gives us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I tell people... A proverb a day keeps the flesh at bay. Yeah. Because <laughs> our flesh wants to rise stuff. up. Yeah. And there are things I've been confronted with, and some of those we'll share with you guys that are listening. Mm-hmm. In the Proverbs, as I'm reading through, there's 31 Proverbs. Mm-hmm. So that gives you, in a month with 31 days, that gives you one to read, one chapter to read every day. Right. And those months where there's only... 30 days or 28 days. Maybe you could read two a day. You could read two a day. You could double up and it'll be a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one of those Proverbs is 
in line with our first point here, we got uh, we got six we points. Got six we love times, to break six it up six times points. for basically when to be silent. Yeah, that general, six times general to keep your mouth when, shut. That's right. When yeah. silence is is golden. So we're going to touch on those. But this uh-huh. first one is what? What's your first point there? Well, the first point is be silent to reduce conflict. To reduce conflict. Yeah. Now understand, guys. Obviously. Our default position out there on the on the sidewalk in front of an abortion clinic is to open our mouth for the speechless. Yeah. When in doubt, call out. Right. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah. we are very, very stern and strict, training new volunteers. Mm-hmm. Every woman going into that abortion clinic needs to be addressed. And that's certainly biblical, not only Proverbs 31, 8 through 9, but Ezekiel 3, 18 to 19 which in paraphrasing just says, if you're silent, if you don't warn someone of their sin, you are guilty yeah. of, of their blood. Yeah. And, and so we, we're told throughout the Bible that we, we are to speak. So we're, we're not saying disregard that. We're right. just saying that there are times in your speaking that you really need to take a pause. Absolutely. And there yeah. are times when you need to keep your mouth shut in confrontation. Listen, sidewalk counseling ministry... Ministry, even in a, in a um, pregnancy center, this this ministry can be volatile. Yes. And no matter how nice and sweet, you could be a sweet little grandma praying mm-hmm. in front of the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Your presence is confrontational. Yeah. There's going to be, if you're going to commit to go out to an abortion clinic, just go ahead and commit that there's going to be confrontation. Mm-hmm. If you're a non-confrontational person, mm-hmm. then you're not, in, unless you're willing to be crucified with Christ and let that go to the wayside, you're not going to mm-hmm. do very well in front right. of an abortion clinic. Right? Doesn't yeah. mean you're willfully trying to to cause conflict and and all these things, but it's confrontational. So the just message, know that right off the bat. Message the message is, is confronting yeah. sin in just your presence there. That's just, right. If you just and that's we're not true. saying that you just stand there and pray, yeah. but even if you were just to stand there mm-hmm. and pray, just you standing there and praying right. tells that person going into the abortion clinic. That person out there, because really, ultimately, they're dealing with the Lord in their hearts. Right. It has nothing to do with you, but you're God's right. representative. You represent the Lord who's bringing conviction in their heart for coming to that abortion clinic, and they might vent on you. That's right. Yeah, yeah we experienced that a great deal today out on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. There was so much confrontation, so much anger. Even before we said a word, a car pulled in, and the woman came storming out of her car and said, the Bible says thou shall not judge and was just furious with us. And I think the only thing we had said is, hey, we have free literature and resources for yeah. you. Yeah. How confrontational is that? Yeah. Not at all. Not, not at all, but just yeah. our presence there. You know, that yeah. lady actually, shameless plug in, needs to listen to our podcast about judging. You remember yeah, we did that? Yeah, I know. Well, we, we did give her a little bit of, a, of the we lesson from the podcast. We gave her some podcast, what, the, what the Bible but, says. Right. Um, but that's just actually, again, a shameless plug in for you right. guys right. to listen to that. Anyway, yeah. continuing on. There are times when we need to keep our mouths shut. Yeah. Uh, for example, I've had young men, angry as can be, we've addressed his girlfriend, his wife, going into the abortion clinic. He stomps over at me, and he's yeah. going to set me straight. Yeah. And rather than me responding and trying to defend myself, because, you know, he's coming and spewing all kinds of anger and just bleh, mm-hmm. you know, and he just wants to let me have it. There have been times where I just... Keep my mouth shut. Yeah, what, and I did might we, respond. Did we read those verses? We did not, by the but way? we're just about oh, to okay. set the stage D- for great. that. Great. Okay, got it, got it. And so, as a man, yeah, I, I, I can address men, but also I think women. Yeah, a human propensity is 
we want to defend ourselves. Yeah. We want to stand our ground. Mm-hmm. We want to set that woman straight and let mm-hmm. her know, listen, you're wrong about me. Yeah. You don't know me, but you're saying all these things about yeah. me, but I need to set you straight. You're wrong right. about me, especially for a man. We want to stand our ground. I don't want to have to keep my mouth shut and not respond to someone who's accusing me of all kinds of things. Yeah. You know, I'm the worst person that ever existed, even though, they, again, they don't know me. It's so unjust. It's yeah, so unfair. It's so we're, unjust. There, we're there in bad weather oftentimes. We're doing our, our best to offer help to these people. It's so much self-sacrifice. And here they are being mean to us. Yeah. And I want to defend myself. I want to set the record straight. And listen, I'm not saying that there isn't a context for that. There sometimes is a context for setting the record straight. Mm -hmm. But as men, Mm -hmm. again, we want to stand our ground. We want to set the record straight to defend ourselves. And I was struck with this proverb. This is Proverbs 20, verse 3, um, a couple of years ago. In this context, in Mm -hmm. thinking about sidewalk counseling, in thinking about some of the confrontations I've had, especially with young men who come over to set me straight, the Lord really struck me with this. Proverbs 20, verse 3. It is honorable for a man to stop striving or fighting or quarreling, since any fool can start a quarrel. That just is so amazing, and that is so true. Any fool can start a quarrel, but, but the wise man... Well, you know, we've been kind of trained, and I think in one sense, rightly so, right? We want to be, we want to stand for what is right and what is Mm -hmm. good. We don't want to back away. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't cower down. Right. We don't want to back away. We don't want to be intimidated. We don't want to be intimidated. We don't want to compromise the truth. Right. But also, we kind of take that to a level where it's really just self-defense. It's really more about us than it is about the truth. Yeah. And we think it's dishonorable. If I back away from this fight, if this guy's spewing all this garbage on me and I don't, I don't spew some stuff back or yeah. I don't give him a rebuttal, then it's not honorable for me. But the Bible says it is. Yeah. It is honorable for you to, to, to say, hey, listen, I'm not here to fight, man. Yeah. I'm not here to, to defend myself. Yeah. I'm just here to help. And that's a lot of times my response to things like that will be, man, we're just here to help. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes I've learned that it's not helpful for me to respond and try to defend my position and try to justify why I'm there. Sometimes just let them spew their stuff, yeah. maybe sting them with a little bit of truth, and then keep silent. Yeah. Let God deal with them. Because ultimately it's not you or me or any wisdom that we have that's going to change a heart. Right. It, it comes down to us trusting the Holy Spirit to do mm-hmm. His work. Now, the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God primarily, right? So we need to share the Word of God. But yeah. that doesn't mean we always need to fill the air with, with speech. Right. Sometimes we need to sting them with a little bit of truth from mm-hmm. God's Word and let them think about it for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Let them process it. Yeah, now I know in for myself, when I'm in that sort of a confrontive situation, it feels like when I'm silent... I am agreeing with them. And yeah. and that's why it's hard for me to remain silent. But that is not true. I'm not agreeing with them. So if they think it, so what? But it, 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 the, the need to calm the storm sometimes so that what we're primarily there for, which is to help tell the truth about those babies and help women to choose life, is so much more important than me defending myself. In a yeah, confrontation. Exactly. And of course, again, we're supposed to share the truth. We're supposed yeah. to speak the truth. We're supposed right. to proclaim God's truth. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to get in an argument with somebody. Right. We don't need to set the record straight for our own sake. Yeah. We do need to stand for the truth, not back away from the truth. But again, we've got to trust the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. do his work. 
Because as much as we think we might be wise, and we've read all the arguments about this particular subject, you can have it all figured out in whatever argument that someone wants to bring yeah. and get every every great answer to every question. Mm-hmm. And still, it could get right over their head in one ear and out the other. Yeah. If the Holy Spirit isn't at work, you know, there is a sense in which, you know, you mentioned, I feel like if I stay silent, it's almost like there's this guilt associated. Right. If I don't speak up, if someone comes over to me and they say this, this, and this, if I don't set the record straight, somehow I'm missing the mark. It's like I'm agreeing with it. And in fact, you know, before you move on to what you were going to say, that one of the most famous quotes by Dietrich Bonhoeffer is, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. And I think that's that tension that you're talking about, that there's this guilt if you're silent. Are you a part of the problem? Are you actually agreeing with the evil? And not always, but sometimes you are. But, you know, as a society, especially as the church, and so many times we have remained silent and we sadly as the church have kept our mouths closed about the issue of abortion. Yeah. That's the context that that's talking. Exactly. And so I think you guys here, we're not saying in front of an abortion clinic, keep your mouth shut. Right. We're saying to open your mouth, but we are saying that there are times when you need to remain silent. There are times you don't need to rebut everything that comes at you. Yeah. And it's wisdom oftentimes to not answer. You know, the Bible tells us, we shouldn't answer a fool according to his folly. Mm-hmm. It goes on to say that we should answer a fool according so to his folly. I know, so it depends, I guess. It depends on the well, situation. you know. Exactly. You, I was talking to a brother the other day. I mentioned this quote to you. It just kind of came in my in my mind the other uh-huh. day as I was talking to a brother who was talking about all of the, the riots and stuff that's going on. And he was yeah. talking like, I want to go and I want to share the gospel with those people. They need Jesus. And they certainly do. Right. And I certainly would not fault a person for going into the midst of that mob and preaching Jesus. As a matter of fact, people have, and, and, and God's done an amazing work through it. Yeah. And some people have, and they regretted it, right? right? And so I said this, just in thinking through the Gospels and thinking through Jesus, because Jesus is our example, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not your example, guys. Vicky's not your example. I mean, there's some stuff you can glean from us. We have mm-hmm. some experiences, and, and we can share that stuff with you. But ultimately, Jesus is the example. And so I said this to this brother. I said, Jesus knew when to feed the mob. Right, He knew when to sit down, feed, and teach them. He knew when to stir up the mob. There were times when the mob was angry at Jesus, right? And he shared the truth. You think of, yeah. was it John chapter 6, when he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, they were stirred up. They were angry at right. Jesus, and ultimately yeah. the mob left. He knew when to leave the mob. At one point, they wanted to, to get him and throw him off the cliff, and he slips out, the Bible says. So he knows when to escape the mob, and he knew when to stay silent before the mob. Yeah. In his crucifixion, right. the mob was there, crucify him, and he stayed silent. So Jesus knew when to feed the mob, stir up the mob, leave the mob, and stay silent before the mob. Yeah. And my prayer is, and hopefully with this podcast, you guys will be praying through, like, Lord, when do I keep my mouth yeah. shut? Give us when do I? When do I keep my mouth? We know when to open our mouth. When injustices are taking place, we must open our mouth. We must speak out. But in the midst of that speaking out, there are some times that people are going to vent on you and they're going to just spew all kinds of garbage and you don't need to defend yourself. Right. Sometimes you need to sting them with a little bit of truth and then let God deal with them because yeah. you are not being, you are not consenting to evil when you've already spoken against that evil. You're not consenting to evil to 
to not defend yourself in light of what you just said. Right. If that there makes is sense. a point at which the anger can become so great that they no longer hear you anyway. And it, yeah. at that, that's a point that's kind of a maybe a guide. If their anger is just so strong that they're just shouting over you, yeah. there's there's no reason to keep yeah, there's, speaking. There's, there's no reason. Yeah. Um, Proverbs 29, verse 11. Mm-hmm. Proverbs is full of things. If you've got such, a tongue issue, if you've got an issue yeah. with your tongue, yeah. read through Proverbs and God will help you with it. Right. It says, Proverbs mm-hmm. 20, 29, verse 11, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Yeah. You know, we're kind of taught, I've heard some people teach this in like Christian circles. And we get so much bottled up in us, we need to go invent that. So mm-hmm. we need to go break something. We need to go on the side of a mountain and yell really loud. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? That might be helpful. And maybe in a psychological context that is, but according to the scripture, that's actually a, what a fool does. Yeah. Well, we don't need to vent all of our feelings. Right. We see it on actually, Facebook all the time. If you, if you ask yeah, me, that see is people a, venting a, there, don't a, you? That is an example, I think, of people just get, just giving you way too much information, uh-huh. way too much venting to the degree where it's very uncomfortable and, and it's foolish. Yeah. And it, it, becomes it will come back foolish. to bite them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but a wise man holds them back. We yeah. can, by God's grace, hold back our feelings. When somebody is charged at us and they just let us have it, whether it be at an abortion clinic, whether it be, I don't know, what context it might be in, yeah. we can hold back our feelings. We don't need to respond. So, you yeah. know, let's go into our next point so we All don't right, so belabor this one. the next one, one. is, um, but that is a really important it one because conflict happens so often. But yeah. um, be silent in order to carefully listen. Yeah. And if I had to pick one that I am most guilty of, this is, for me, right. one I'm most guilty of, but you you certainly cannot help someone if you don't understand their issues. Yeah, and this is important, guys. As you're listening uh, through this podcast and you think about these, these different silence things and times to be silent, this is not just time to be silent to diffuse a situation. Right. This is time to be silent to actually listen Mm-hmm. to the issue because when a woman comes to an abortion clinic mm-hmm. when a guy's there with his girlfriend yeah. at the abortion clinic when a friend has come with her friend there's things going on in her life they're never a justification for abortion right so of course we don't say oh yeah you're, you're right you convinced me abortion's okay go ahead no but we do need to listen these are real issues mm-hmm. they're dealing with they're real things going on in their lives that we need to take time to listen to Mm-hmm. So that we can help bring some clarity, help bring God into the equation. Right. You know, with our trust podcast, we talked about helping women trust the Lord. Yeah. We need to bring God into the equation so they can see this situation is not too hard for God. Mm-hmm. But you can't you can't know how to answer properly unless you first listen. Yeah. So slow down, even even if they're angry, mm-hmm. even if they've come come over to you and they're just spewing all this stuff. Sometimes just have a listening ear. Just hear what they're saying. There's some pain there. Yeah. There's some anger there because there's pain there. And just listening. Maybe this person has never had someone that actually listened. Yeah. You know, because you imagine the scenario is a woman comes over, she's abortion-minded, but she's angry with you for telling her because you've called out to her, hey, we have help available. Don't take the life of your baby. She stormed over to you, and she's saying, you don't know what's going on in my life. And then she shares it. Yeah. Stop and listen. Yeah. Don't just take it as an attack against you. Here's what um, Proverbs, what is it? 18? 18, verse 13. Mm-hmm. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to okay, him. Okay, that's a great verse to, to express that. Yeah, that absolutely. So someone has come over to you, 
and they've got issues going on. Yeah. You can't give a good answer until you've actually heard what's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And as angry as they might be, at least they've mm-hmm. come over and shared it because let's face it, the majority of the women going into the abortion clinic don't even don't even acknowledge you. Right. They go in stone faced and go into the abortion right. clinic. So yeah. at least they've come over and they share with you, even as angry as they might be. Yeah. So take time to listen. Yeah. Answering with compassion is very important. Let's say they're involved in a situation where they're a victim of rape and they're angry because you're telling them not to have an abortion. You don't know the situation. You just know right. the baby's situation. They're right. there to kill their child. Yeah. Rape is not a justification for that. Yeah. But if that's been, if they've been subjected to that, it's important that we listen to what they're saying and we slow down for a second right. and we answer with compassion. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. And then we can get into some of the after effects of abortion, how abortion is not going to be helpful. But if you're not willing to listen to them, it's unlikely that they're going to be willing to listen to you. That's for sure. One of the best questions I think that we can ask and then be silent is, hey, what's going on? And then be silent. Yeah. You know, and and hear what's, what's going on. We had a rape victim out at the sidewalk today, and she was livid that she said, we don't know your situation. And, um, and I said, you're right, we, we don't. What is your situation? Whatever your situation is, we can help you. Um, and then she, she told about the rape. Yeah, yeah. It was still an angry exchange, and there came a point at which I, I had to be silent. I, I didn't feel like my words were going to be useful anymore. Yeah. But, um, but carefully listening is one of the most important counseling techniques um, a good counselor is taught. Yeah, absolutely. You need to be able to listen, to be able you, to know what, what to ask, and, um, and to know how to best help. If you yeah. don't know the issues, you can't help. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, of course, we train our folks to do, and one of the things that we do mm-hmm. is, yes, we want, to, we want to deliver information to them. Mm-hmm. We want to tell them about their baby's development, God's resources right. for them, God's love for them and for their baby. We want to warn them yeah. about justice that God brings to those that have abortions, so mm-hmm. we share the gospel and all of that. Mm-hmm. But one of the places I want to get to, if I'm talking to a woman one-on-one, is I want to get to, why are you here? Mm-hmm. I want them to talk. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I'll get to that as quick as I can. Right. I will get the literature into their hands. I will talk with them about why we're standing out there. Mm-hmm. You know, We're here because we care about you. We care about your baby. What brought you here? Right. What makes you feel like abortion is something you need to do? And I'll get to that pretty quick. And why am I getting to that? Because I want to engage them in conversation mm-hmm. with with them. Yeah, con is yeah. with. Yeah. Versation is versating. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing verses back and forth. With I mean speech. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's right. it's with speech, yeah. with talk. So yeah. I want to talk with them. I don't want to right. just monologue on them. Yeah. Now, there are times, of course, you and I both know, yeah. where they'll stop their vehicle, pull over to the side of the road to, to converse, air quotes, right. and they're not talking at all. So I'll monologue on them. You right. know, I'll just give them all the stuff and, and talk to them. Right. But all along, I'm trying to get them to converse with me. I'm trying to get them to share why they're there, right? I mean, yeah. you want to get in that yeah. conversation with them. And when they open up, in which, strangely enough, um, I've had some ladies tell me some pretty candid stuff about, you know, their sexual relationships right. and their even health issues or like too much information. But you're listening. And if there's but someone I'm listening, listening, most people yeah. 
want I mean, I'll to just, share. I'll just take it in. I'll just yeah. listen. I mean, listen, my wife's, you know, we've, we've had eight children. We've been through a lot. I've seen a lot of babies born. I've, I've seen and heard. My wife is a nurse. A lot of right. pretty nasty things. So it, none mm-hmm. of it, none of it scares me away. Yeah. Um, but I'll listen. I'll just let, if they'll talk, I'll let them talk. As mm-hmm. long as I can let them talk and share and even with tears in their eyes, of course, you've seen that a lot mm-hmm. where they just start tearing up when they're mm-hmm. sharing even from their own perspective and you haven't really said much yeah. and they're just kind of just, they're not venting. They're kind of unloading in a yeah. good way yeah. so that you, again, you're like, they're just kind of like putting all this mess out there. And then at some point, of course, you, you come in and you sort through the mess and you yeah. start to show them how God can fix the chaos that you just shared with me. If you have listened, I had a, a again, if, another, you've, listened. if yeah. you've listened, I had a, a great story that, that relates to this from yesterday when I was counseling a woman over the phone. And in the middle of our discussion, she has a young child in her home and she paused. Just she didn't tell me, hey, just give me a second. She just started dealing with this young child's misbehavior. The child had lied or something. And she did she did such a great job in how she dealt with this child. And I'm carefully listening. And and she in listening to how she dealt with that child and his lie and the consequence and everything was a picture in my mind is building of what God does as a good parent when we sin against him. And this is a woman who believed in God as a higher power, but did not believe in Jesus. But her interaction with the child was perfect for me to introduce the gospel. That wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been listening and taking in what was happening between her and that child. And it really was a great segue for me. Yeah. So Absolutely. listening, carefully listening. We should be silent in order to listen. That is how an about, important point. How about our number three one? Let's go for it. Be silent in order to control one's speech. Okay. So sometimes our speech is arrogant. It can be. Self-righteous. I mean, mine's never arrogant no. because I'm the most humble, humble person. yeah, we know. But uh, <laughs> some people have to deal with that. I deal with extreme humility. Other people deal with arrogance. Right. Yeah. But for the rest of us, condescending. Mm-hmm. We're certain we're right. Everyone else is wrong. And there's no doubt abortion is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So we know that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes... The way that we speak with others is off-putting. Yeah, absolutely. And our silence can help us to really thoughtfully consider our words. Yeah. So yeah. are there verses that, that could Well, I've got that? one here. You've got one right there. Yeah, okay. believe it or not. Okay. Proverbs 21, 23. Okay. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Oh, and man, I've my tongue has gotten me in a lot of trouble. Mine too. I don't know about, yeah. Yeah, and not and just it, in this context, but you know, family context right. with my wife. As a matter of fact, right. I'll give you guys a word of wisdom. My, me and my wife asked uh, her grandmother a couple of years ago. Her and her uh, her grandfather, I think they had their was it sixtieth anniversary wow. or something. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, and we asked them what what's the secret? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you guys stay together and have a good marriage mm-hmm. for sixty years? Because they had a good yeah. marriage, like model marriage, you know. Yeah, and her grandma said. You got to learn when to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> that was her. That was her key to sixty advice. years of marriage. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, "Well, that seems very much in line with Proverbs it that does. we need to learn to keep our mouths shut." Mm-hmm. A lot of times, we think I need to learn what to say when. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. You need to learn when to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Yes, what to say when, but understanding that 
you got to keep your mouth shut first and listen yeah. to know how to respond properly. And and to be thinking through, thinking carefully about when I do speak, how should I speak? Yeah. So that's the, you know, the in controlling one speech that you don't just fly out with words and hope that they're appropriate and the tone's appropriate, whatever, but you have, you're silent to collect your thoughts and be able to then speak in a way that is edifying, kind. Yeah, and, absolutely. And well, you know, this speaks of in verse 23 here in Proverbs 21, mm-hmm. guarding your mouth and tongue. It speaks of control. It speaks of, you know, putting a shield over it. It speaks right. of, you know, keeping your mouth shut when you need to. Yeah. And again, this is not God being mean, telling you you can't talk. This is God trying to save you from troubles. This is yes. God's word trying to save us yeah. from troubles because yeah, our so, tongue causes a lot of troubles. And once it's out there, you cannot take it back. Yeah. So it can truly destroy. And once you've said it, that destruction is hard to clean up. Yeah, it is. To Absolutely. Repair. So, um, so be careful to c- be silent to control one's speech. How about this one? Be silent in the face of great suffering. Yeah. And the tendency in great suffering is to see what you can do to heal it, to just rush in and solve everything. And in the context of the pro-life movement or a sidewalk counselor in front of an abortion center, most of the women that come to us truly are in the midst of great suffering. Many of them impoverished. Many of them have broken families. Many of them have had abusive or violent relationships um, or currently even do. And their stories are just really tragic very often. That doesn't mean it justifies the abortion, but they are suffering yeah, And sometimes just silence to acknowledge that, you know, this is hard. Yeah, what absolutely. you're going through really is hard. Yeah, and, and I want to mention, especially as a man yeah. and as a guy who is, I mean, I'm a street preacher type. Mm-hmm. I'm a give them the truth and I don't care how it's received kind of guy. But right. I've learned over the years, yeah. it's easy for me to hear about someone's great suffering and then just to respond with, well, that doesn't matter your baby still doesn't deserve to die. Right. And I don't really mean as a Christian it doesn't matter, but what I do mean to say is that doesn't justify you killing your child. Right. It doesn't matter to the degree that it would make you kill a baby, but it does matter. Right, yeah. And so I've learned, because that would be my typical response, it doesn't matter your your baby still doesn't deserve to die. I've learned to stop for a second, to listen, to let them know that it does matter. And it's like unto you know, our earlier point yeah. where we need to, with compassion, answer. I'm sorry you're going through that. And we, as much as we can, need to identify with the suffering that's going on, not right. to minimize it, not to just pr- brush it to the side. Because, I mean, talk about out- off-putting. That is really yeah. off-putting when yeah. someone's dealing with some junk in yeah. their life. Mm-hmm. And all your response is, well, you still don't need to kill your child. Yeah. And just a snappy right back response. And it might it might look cool to your street preacher buddies that you're, yeah. you're able to answer that quickly. Yeah. But sometimes you need to keep silent, listen, and even like let the Lord speak really the reality of what's going on in this person's life in your mm-hmm. heart. You know yeah. what I mean? So that they can yeah. see on your face you actually care about them. Yeah. Because you do, right? If yeah. you're a believer, you care about the stuff they're going through. You do, and sometimes the care is 
is in that I want to fix it. And that's what happens to me. I want to fix it. I've got to fix it. Yeah. And I've got to fix it now. And that is sometimes counterproductive. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. That you need to You just, want to just give them right back a, a resource that'll meet that yeah. need. And which is cool. We can we These can awesome help. resources yeah. are great. But you want to snap back right away and say, oh, you got this going on. Well, here's a resource. Yeah. And sometimes you need, need to remain silent. Because you're minimizing. You're minimizing exactly. that suffering and the perfect example of that is the whole book of Job. Yeah. Job with just all the suffering. We won't go into all the details. You all probably know the basic story, but but with all that suffering and his three friends come and they don't just come and sit with him. They come and try to first of all accuse him. What did you do that was so awful that God has done all this terrible stuff to you? And then they try to fix it with all the things he needs to do to fix all this suffering. Yeah. And they were wrong, first of all. But um, but Job finally really just answers them saying, just shut up. Yeah. Well, he, Job 13, 5 <laughs> uh-huh. is one of the verses that we have in line with this. Again, it's, you're talking about the whole book of Job. It is. So you can read yeah. that. But verse 5 maybe kind of sums it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you would be silent. And it would be your wisdom. Silence <laughs> yeah. is wisdom right. sometimes. Oh, yeah. guys, that you would shut your mouths. Yeah. And that's where your wisdom is going to come yeah. from, keeping your mouth shut. And I, how many times have we heard that when um, when you go to a funeral or when someone has um, experienced some horrible tragedy in, in your life and you want to fix it with your words and so much of the advice from the experts and from people who have undergone great suffering is... Your words can't fix it. Yeah. Your presence and your compassion and just your your gentle, kind silence is is the best thing you can do yeah. in the face of awful suffering. Job really that's that's what he expresses. Yeah, yeah. So his Absolutely. wife tells him hers is the example yeah. of what you don't do. What a, what a Just <laughs> curse God and die. Yeah. She says. Man, talk about a ball and chain. Right. <laughs> Maybe I should have kept silent and not said that. Let's go on to our next point. All right. Our, our next point this is... This is our final point, actually, well, right? we have two more. Oh, They're okay. very closely related. But cool. Be silent to let the words that have been spoken have time to sink okay, in. This is a, this is a good one. It is okay? a good and one. Okay, and we've kind of already mentioned that. We've yeah. kind of already talked about that. But yeah. I want you guys to, to process this. one. This is something that we've kind of learned, and you have a personal experience with this one. Right. What's the scripture there? Uh, the scripture is Ecclesiastes nine seventeen. Okay, Ecclesiastes nine, nine 17. seventeen, and it says, "Words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard, rather than the shout of a ruler of fools." So it's not quite silence; it's quietly. Well, it's but... letting the words sink in, right? And we have as sidewalk counselors. Very important things to say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we can say in that context to an abortion-minded mom while she's walking into the abortion clinic or even while we're talking one-on-one with her. There's a lot of stuff we can say. We can cover never enough time. Never Never enough enough time. time. We can cover a lot of ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I've learned saying some things, giving some just really deep truths that speak into their situation— and then giving them time, because the tendency is we want to, because there's a lot that can be said, we want to mm-hmm. fill up the air with speech. Yeah. You know, I've seen that. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Even at the abortion clinic here, mm-hmm. as we set up the sound system, mm-hmm. and in time past, my, my method of 
using the sound system basically like preach the whole time. Right. I'll be out there on the microphone. And I'll be on there for 20, 30 minutes preaching. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Preaching the gospel. Yeah. Somebody else will hop on for another 20 or 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the whole space at that time has been filled up with preaching. And it's not bad. Right. Preaching is good. Mm-hmm. But what I've discovered is, and we've we've really kind of strategically done this, is that there are certain times, yeah, we need to broadcast a message and the gospel needs to be shared, 15 or 20 minutes, and let them have time, those who are in the parking lot, those who are maybe in the waiting room of the abortion clinic, what they've heard, give them time to process it. Right. Give them time to think about it. Yeah. You yeah. know, because that's kind of how we operate. When you're listening to a message or you're reading a book, at least I do, if I'm reading the scripture, my time mm-hmm. with the Lord in the morning, I'll read a passage and I'll contemplate it for a minute. If I just keep on reading, keep on reading, I don't get the depth that I would get if I processed it. Yeah, you've lost those important little nuggets of truth. And and my story that directly relates to this is I was on the microphone mm-hmm. and we were doing a sound check. You you had told me specifically I'm going to go up uh, up in a back neighborhood or something to make sure that we're not being too loud. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't want to violate the noise ordinance. And so uh, you told me Talk for five minutes and then be quiet for three minutes, something like that. Yeah. It was a long time. It was an uncomfortable for me period of silence, but I was going to do it because yeah. she told me to. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm an obedient <laughs> yes. servant yeah. of the Lord. Amen. So so I would. I decided to read from our pamphlet about different methods of abortion and what happens in an abortion because they were each the proper segment of time you wanted. And then between each one of those segments— I was just going to be silent for three minutes. Seemed to work. So I did that. Yeah. And and I read it. And as I'm reading segment one, it's pretty horrific. What oh, happens absolutely. in every yeah. abortion, in every, no matter how young, how early that baby is, an abortion is barbaric. And you don't even need to use that word. You just describe what happens. Yeah. And, and the barbarism of it is evident. So I read my three, my five minutes, whatever, and then was silent and just silent and then read the next more gruesome, the baby's older, the the techniques are more violent and more horrific. And then I was just silent and did that four times. I think we had four segments. And by then you came back and I got off the mic and a couple of the counselors, of my fellow sidewalk counselors who have read this and seen this many times, were crying. Yeah. And one of them said, that was so moving. She said, I, I had never really thought about what happens so strongly. That was a really good technique. And uh-huh. it was totally not purposeful and totally against my natural bend. Right, yeah. But very effective. Yeah, because you know, our natural bend is to just broadcast the information, mm-hmm. to fill up the airways with as much information as possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we live in a, in a bullet-pointed society. We if do. If you think about it. If you we don't do. give people bullet points, they don't read anything. You look at social media. If you give someone two paragraphs of a social media post, they don't read it. Yeah. They miss it. So it's like the forest is lost for the trees. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, giving people bite-sized nuggets of information to process and giving them time to process it can be very helpful. Yeah. Even in a one-on-one context, when you've shared some truth, you've shared the violent nature of abortion to an abortion-minded mom who's come over and talked with you. And you said, and I'll ask the question, so what do you think about that? Yeah. You share the resources that are available because they've just shared with you the needs that they have. 
and you share with them the housing manager, whatever it might be. And you, what do you think about those those? And yeah. you let them sort through it. And you let them process it. Right. It yeah. it is helpful. And they they will often come to their own conclusion. Now the last one is very similar, uh, but it is different. In the in the fifth one, we're being silent to let the words that have been spoken of time to sink in, to let them process. Uh, the last major area: be silent to let the Holy Spirit. Work. Yeah. So that's more than just processing. Now it goes from your action of processing to the Holy Spirit's action within you, causing conviction and heart change. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, of course, any of this when we're we've decided mm-hmm. to to speak some truth mm-hmm. and then give those people who have heard that truth time to process it. It is a sense of us trusting the Lord. It is. And understanding yes. that doesn't matter how wise your words are, mm-hmm. and how loud they are, how many there mm-hmm. are, ultimately it's it's going to fall to the ground if the Holy Spirit isn't moving on it. Now again, God's right. word doesn't return void and the Holy Spirit works through the word of God. But he works in the human heart, and he works in the human mind, and he brings conviction. And you've got to give the Holy Spirit time. I mean, imagine the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is convicting someone about a particular subject that you just covered, let's say you covered the subject of the sin of abortion mm-hmm. and the reality of that, mm-hmm. and then you move on to some other subject, mm-hmm. you've you've basically taken their attention and the contemplation and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and you've shifted it to another subject. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that God can't move in the midst of it, but it seems His way is moving with the subject matter that's before their eyes, with the scriptures that have been shared with them, and and letting them stew in that, letting them feel that yeah. conviction. Yeah. You know? I have an example that shows you how much damage you can do without silence, where I had a mom who I shared about abortion and why it was wrong, and and um, and she had actually changed her heart, but I didn't know it. And something that she said um, in response, I misinterpreted I was not silent. I wasn't listening carefully. I was I was doing all the wrong things that we have just outlined that I shouldn't have done. And she was furious and said, I had decided not to abort my child. And you just accused me of of whatever it was, of, of still wanting to abort the child. And I I think ultimately she did. And that was my fault, in a sense. I mean, I just, I blew it because I didn't trust that God had worked in her heart when he had. But we have a couple of great verses. Um, Psalm 62? Yeah. Okay, Psalm 62, 5 through 6. And this is David, the psalmist. He says, My soul, wait silently for God alone, Mm. for my expectation is from him. Mm-hmm. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And this is, again, waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Now, of course, this is from our part in our hearts, waiting on the Lord. And while you're doing this, you know, the, 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 the I guess, practical context is you've just shared some truth with an abortion-minded mom or dad right. that's there. Yeah. And they're standing in front of you or they're in the parking lot and you're on the microphone or whatever. This is a time for you to let them process what you've just said and for you to pray. This is when you yeah, give it to the Lord point. and you say, Lord, mm-hmm. and this is you praying between you and the Lord, Lord, please just take what I've just said and may it penetrate their heart. You know, God moves mm-hmm. through his word, but he also answers the prayers of his people. 
Mm-hmm. And this is a time, again, for us to trust in the Holy Spirit to do His work because mm-hmm. you never know what God is doing. I mean, That's I've right. seen some of the outwardly just look like they're hard-hearted, they're not listening to what I'm saying, standing out in the parking lot or whatever. Yeah. But then just trusting the Lord, and I've seen God just shift them, and I thought they weren't listening, but in reality, they were listening uh, so much so that they went in, young men, go in and get their girlfriends out yeah. and uh, and choose life. And so it's the Holy Spirit's job to bring conviction. It's your job to speak the truth. It's your job to know when to be silent mm-hmm. after you've just spoken the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to bring conviction. That's right. Ultimately, you don't want them to hear your voice. You want them to hear God's voice. And that happens in their spirit, taking all this wonderful things that you have spoken and what you know and let it letting it percolate and letting the holy spirit then bring that into yeah. their heart. Yeah. So we hope that we haven't discouraged you guys from opening your mouth. We hope that we didn't tell you guys or you didn't take from this podcast that you just need to be quiet. If you, that if is you not took at that if intent. you took that from it, <laughs> that's your fault, not ours. Right. <laughs> And we hope that you guys will, those who are maybe contemplating going out to an abortion clinic and being involved in this ministry, that you'll take that step of faith, mm-hmm. that you'll get equipped on our website, sidewalks4life.com. There's some stuff on there about what to say, even some stuff about being silent. Are we going to put this out as I an article? I believe this is already out on Okay, on so we already site, have this out as sidewalks. an article on the mm-hmm. Sidewalks for Life in the equipping articles section. There's a lot right. of good articles there, mm-hmm. most of them written by Vicki. <laughs> the really good ones are written by me, humbly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's great at writing these things. They're, they're awesome. And, you know, we're speaking from experience. Right. Let us mess up so you don't have yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> You know, a wise man is not just someone that learns from their own experiences. An even wiser man is someone that learns from someone else's experience. Right. And, yeah. you know, we can all do something, mm-hmm. as one preacher said. Mm-hmm. Even the worst of us can serve as bad examples. A bad example. <laughs> so <exactly>. we've shared <laughs> some of that. Hope it's been a blessing to you yeah. guys. Hope you will check out our website, www.sidewalks4life.com. You can reach out to me, dparks at citiesforlife.com, her at vcasiorg at citiesforlife.com. But until next time, God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life Nothing's too precious since I met you